0: Thank you very much. It's good to be here. I always enjoy being able to speak. and I uh, have to admit, though, that I'm the one that benefited from my son-in-law. I admire him in so many different ways. He was at our church two weeks ago. I got to spend maybe an hour with him. Um, we have a thing that goes on in our city called the Whistle Stop Jamboree. And we had him come in. He came in on Saturday evening. He had four hours of ventriloquism and uh, gospel magic. And uh, every 20 minutes for four hours, he had to work. And then the next day on Sunday morning, we broadcast or we uh, taped a broadcast, a children's Bible hour that will be presented around the world by television. And he did that during Sunday school and during the church. And... uh, then he had to leave. We had, I think we had dinner together. And then he had to immediately leave, catch a plane to somewhere else. But the thing that I learned from him, in the 47 years or 43 years that uh, we've known, 49, 49 years that I've known Rob Watkins, Never once did he ever say a derogatory thing about any person. You can't say that about many people. I also received blessings from the message today. And pastor stood up and said about what is it you need in the race the first thing that came to my mind and I think you ought to really stop and think about it's not the finish you got to get started Mm. have you ever thought about that our churches are filled with people who've never got started in the race Mm. Oh, they're saved Mm. they come to church They sit in the pew, they they may they may even give, but they never got started in the race. God has told us, Jesus said, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. I always carry tracks, I always try to. When we travel at home, I have gospel tracts in my pocket. I'd like to ask this question. Who is it that gives gospel tracts? Who is it? Those No. My wife said it, because our pastor said it many times. Who is it that has, who gives gospel tracts? Those that have them. Those that have them. Do you have them in your purse? Do you have them in your pocket? Do you have them available? When people come to the door, I think, well, it's time to give a gospel track. The greatest need that this world has is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the greatest privilege that you have as a child of God is to tell somebody about Jesus. People are dying and going to hell. And you may be the only hope that they have. Or you say, I just believe that that if God wants them to get saved, they'll get saved. But you know, people are watching you and they're watching your life. People are watching. There are so many who've never started in the race. Even though they may know Jesus Christ as their Savior. This church was started in 1963. The population of the world at that time was 3.5 billion. The population of the world today is 8.1 billion people. It's time for us to wake up, folks. It's time for us to be a witness. The United States back in 1963, the population was 184 million. Today, the population is 327 million people. 92% of all homes in the United States have a Bible but only 12% read them. I want to be an encouragement to you today in the aspect that the greatest thing in this whole wide world is the grace of God that saves sinners. We ought to praise God because he saved sinners because he saved me because he saved you I'm 88 years old I've been in church my whole life my folks brought me up in a church but it was when I was 20 years old in the, in the service Tabernacle Baptist Church in Roswell, New Mexico that I heard for the first time that I had to be born again you know, people do not know that they have to have a personal experience with Jesus Christ to go to heaven. People hope they're going to heaven. People want to go to heaven. But people don't know that they're going to heaven. There's a lot of people who are persuaded that they're going to heaven who are not. Because they depend upon the church, or they depend upon a a baptism. I was visiting one day, I can remember talking to this man, a big tall fellow and I asked him, I said uh, do you know Christ is your Savior? He said, oh yes I do. do." He said, I was baptized in a Baptist church when I was 12 years old. Folks, that don't get you to heaven. It's a personal experience with Jesus Christ. We need to praise God for his goodness And for his grace. Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now I pray that you would be with us. That you would open our hearts. That you would open our minds. That you would open our eyes. To the need. Of the hour. And that is for God's people. To be a witness. No matter where they're at. No matter what circumstances, may they show forth there's a difference when Jesus Christ comes into a life. Pray you be with us this time, this hour. Help me not to say anything, Lord, that's not should not be said. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Like to have you turn, if you would, please, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Ephesians, chapter 1, verse number 6. Verses 6 and 7. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. I've heard the explanation of grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. I wrote that down and I underlined the first letter, G-R-A-C-E, grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. But I put some other words in there in the place of our. I put God's redemption at Christ's expense. God's reconciliation at Christ's expense. God's remission of sin at Christ's expense. And God's revelation at Christ's expense. Folks, the greatest thing that we have, as I said, when you get older, some of you folks may realize this, but when you get older, you have a lot of life to look back upon. Isn't that right? You have a lot of life to look back upon. When you get 88 years old, if you can remember when you look back, that's a blessing in itself. But I've always found this to be true. I can remember the bad things, but a lot of the good things you forget. But when you get old, you have a life to look back on. And it happens. You're going to look back and say, what did I do for Christ? What difference did I make for Jesus Christ in this world? People are watching you no matter where you are, no matter what the circumstances are, when you blow up at somebody, what kind of a testimony do you give? When you go into a restaurant and things don't work out just exactly the way you want them to, what kind of a testimony do you leave there? What kind of a a, a radiance do you show? We need to praise God If we're the children of God, we need to praise God for his goodness to us. You say that's easy when you're in good health. It is. But you know what? I've told my Sunday school class, I teach the prime timers Sunday school class in our church. And I tell them, if you're breathing... You have a ministry for God. If you're breathing, you have a ministry for God. And that makes me stop and think of I'm a Gene Stapleton. I met I'm a when I was first year of Bible college back a long time ago. But she made an impression on my that I haven't forgot her name anyway. I was in a hospital called the Mercy Infirmary in Springfield, Missouri. My first night there, I kept hearing this noise coming from a room. I wondered what it is. You know, when you're first on you don't want to stare. You go by and you, but I finally, after working there a while, I finally went in. I found Imogene Stapleton in a rocking bed. She had polio back in the 50s. She was just a young lady because this happened back in 19, probably 1958, 59, 60. She had polio as a young lady. One day, God touched her heart that her husband was overseas. And he was fixing to come home. And God touched her heart, something's going to happen. She called her sister to come over and to, get, to have prayer with her. She got down on her knees, her and her sister, and prayed for her husband. Her husband missed the plane, and it crashed. But well, the prayer was this. God, if you have to do something to me, for my husband to come home safely, do it. She got polio. He came home and left her. So she ended up at the Mercy Infirmary. All the years, walking in that room, there was a smile on her face. When she was in the Iron Lung, there was a smile on her face. When she's on the rocking bed, matter of fact, our daughter Terry, we named after her. You see, people are watching you. What do they want to see? They want to see an excitement of thanksgiving because your life is different. They want to see an enthusiasm for Jesus Christ. They want to see a difference. You go out in this world, in this city here. You go out into this city and you ask people why they're not in church. They they'll say that a lot of them will say they're saved. But they'll say, Well, I got hurt. Or this happened. Or that happened. You know, that's no excuse for staying out of church. You say, Well, church is not that important. I beg to differ with you. Jesus, the Bible says that God loved the church. And gave himself for it. That's how much he loves the church. And it's this church that's going to inspire you. That's going to encourage you. That's going to uplift you. To do greater things for him. People are watching your life. What do they see? Have you ever started in the race? You may have gotten the clothes all on. You may have gotten the cleats on. You may have gotten the shoes on. You may have even practiced a little bit. But have you ever gotten a race? You can't finish a race until you get in it. People want to see an excitement. Grace is the only hope for mankind. Grace is the only hope for mankind. It's revealed to us And it's open to us. Grace is for us. Grace is open for us. I don't know why people believe that church is not important. You say, Brother George, you're preaching to the choir. Well, that may be true. But nonetheless, it is true that the church is the most important organism organization in Yucca Valley, California Calvary Baptist Church why? without it you would be eternally lost are you thankful that you're saved are you thankful that Jesus Christ looked down and and saw you in his grace as this portion of scripture here to the praise of the glory of his grace Wherein he has made us accepted. As I look back over my life, I wonder why in the world God accepted me? Why did God accept me? It's certainly not because I was good, it's certainly not because I deserved it, it's certainly not because I went to church. The reason God saved me because He loved me. And it was through His mercy and His grace that He reached down and saved this old sinful soul. Hell would be our final destination if it were not for grace. And all joy would be lost forever. Why should we rejoice and praise God? Because of his amazing grace. Because of his amazing grace. The first time grace is mentioned in the Bible. Genesis 6 verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. That he was a preacher of righteousness. But why did God save Noah? He came out from the same wicked people. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That grace caused him to be obedient to God. And the job he had to do, the race that he had to run was a fantastic race. He had to build an ark that would hold the animals that God intended to go into it and the food and the water. Took him 120 years. And for 120 years he preached. He was in the race. Nobody accepted it. Nobody accepted it. They never heard what rain was. But when that first drop fell from heaven and then another, and then another. And waters began to come up out of the earth. They thought, we should have listened. We should have listened. Because the day is coming when Jesus comes back. Those of us here tonight that are saved by grace, we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. To be with him. And those loved ones are going to be left behind. And those who never knew that Jesus Christ is the only way. What a wonderful grace. Because of his amazing grace, the complete world was destroyed because of wickedness. every soul was doomed, they had no chance, they had no opportunity after the door was closed. There is no hope. We find this statement in the book of Exodus chapter 33:17. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken for thou hast found grace in my sight and I know thee by name. When I read that, I began to think God knows me by name. I'm not just one of those creatures scurrying around upon the earth. He knows me by name. See, Moses just came down from the mountain and he found the children of Israel dancing around the golden calf. He threw the plates down on the ground and they broke to pieces. Moses asked God, he said, I want to see your presence. I want to see your essence. I want to see who you are. God said, I'm going to show you, but you can't look at my face. And he hid him in a cleft of the rock, put his hands up where he couldn't see, and he walked by. And it was grace. God's grace appeared to him in this portion of Scripture in Exodus thirty-three, in the verses before it and the ver- a couple of verses after it. The word grace is mentioned five times. You see, folks, it's God's grace that gives us salvation. It's God's grace that helps us go to heaven. How amazing God's grace is! It saved me. And that's amazing. It's amazing that God allows me to live. It's amazing what God has allowed us to do. I look through the congregation, I see folks that we knew when we were here. It's been a long time since we've been here. We worked here 17 years, we came 17 years ago, and uh, You know, there's still some folks here, folks that were a tremendous blessing. But let me ask you this, folks, what are you doing? Who is it that gives tracks? Those that have them. Maybe everybody in the church gives tracks, maybe everybody invites folks. We've had some real experiences. giving out tracts. You know, God wants us to be an example. We see God's grace throughout the Bible. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Lot found grace in 2 Peter 2, verses 7 through 11. Lot found grace. Mephibosheth found grace in David's sight, and it shows what grace is. While I was studying for this message, I like to listen to music. I sit at my desk, and I put my computer on music, and I turn it way down so it's off. You say, well, you can listen to music and study? I can. Because you'd be surprised how many times I've gotten messages <laughs> from listening to music. And while I was writing this message, a song came on. It hit my ear, and I thought, I'm going to listen. Turned it up. Listen. Here's the song. At the cross I saw my reflection. At the cross I saw the wickedness in me. At the cross I saw my arrogance. At the cross I saw amazing grace. At the cross, I saw you crying. At the cross, I saw you pray for me. At the cross, I saw your humble heart. At the cross, I saw amazing grace. You love me more than I am. You love me in spite of my sinful ways. You love me for who I am. You love me in spite of my selfish ways. At the cross, I saw salvation. At the cross, I saw your forgiveness to me. At the cross, I saw the beauty of faith. At the cross, I saw amazing grace. I thought, I'm going to write that down. Because that pretty well tells the grace of God in my life. Something that's wonderful here. And that is this. I'm accepted. Verse number six. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted because of someone else. Heaven's gate is going to open for me because of somebody else. Because the Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. And yes, God's grace. I became one of His. Because of grace. If you're saved, you became His. And the Bible tells us that he made us accepted into the love. I'm not going to heaven because I'm good, because I'm not. I'm going to heaven because Jesus Christ. And there's a lost world out there who needs to hear that message. And chances are, they're not going to hear it. There's somebody that God has for you to be a witness to This just happened to us four weeks ago. I hadn't planned on saying anything about this, but it, my heart's still broken because of what happened. I went to the VA, went in, and my card said to the lobby oh, What in the world's that for? to go to the VA just to sit in the lobby. So I went in and gave it to them. And they said, well, it's just because you need to have your second shingle shot. OK. Well, my doctor wasn't there. But there was a nurse there that gave me the shot. I began to witness to her. We sat and we talked for quite a while. My wife was with me. We talked quite a while. She Next Sunday, she came to church. She was thrilled. She came the next Sunday and she was thrilled. She even came to our Sunday school class. Our Sunday school class is over, those that are over over the hill. Uh, Those are of the uh, older folks. And she loved the class and she kept coming. So I asked her, I said, why don't you come over and have dinner with us next Sunday? We've been trying to have folks from our class over every Sunday. So far, we've only we've had a, I think, 140, 150 people, on Sundays come over and to eat. You know. She said she would. She was thrilled about it. The Sunday came and went. She never showed up. I haven't seen her since. Something happened. I've been by the house. I've, been, I've called. I've called. Satan had a victory. I don't know what I did. I, I, I wrote, went by and I wrote a letter and, and left a note for her. I said, if we've done anything wrong to offend you, please forgive us. Because there was such a joy. But you know what? The result is not up to you and me. The result is up to the Lord Jesus Christ and the person and God wants you to be a witness. I'm accepted. My sinful, my sinful ways are forgiven. I become an heir to the kingdom of God. I became part of the family of God. I'm a friend of God. Everybody has a great need. And that great need that you and I have is to be wanted by somebody. Everybody wants to be accepted by somebody. Somebody. People are bullied, neglected, they become outsiders, they become laughed at, ignored, they become an example, and they become alone. How many of y'all know the name Phil Cross? Anybody? Nobody knows that name? How many of you know the song, I Am Redeemed? Do you know the song, I Am Redeemed? He's the one that wrote this song. He's a Christian songwriter, some of the most fantastic songs. On his album, I Am Redeemed, he tells that he was from a poor family, had bad clothes. People laughed at him. He was voted most likely to not succeed in his class. He was ugly. He had red hair, and they called him Carrot Top. He had to wear glasses, and they called him Four Eyes. He was a misfit. He was a loser. He had a freckled face. He had buck teeth, and they called him Gopher. He said, I was on my way to nothing until Jesus Christ came into my life and his testimony was when he was accepted by Jesus Christ and when he was made a part of the family of God he changed God used him at the 100th anniversary of his high school the Tyner High School there were people there at that 100th anniversary There was a governor there from that school. There were senators, there were congressmen, there were doctors, and there were lawyers. And guess who they voted? For the man that touched the world. They voted for Phil Cross. God makes a difference in your life. People think that they're all right. They don't have to serve God. They don't have to witness. They don't have to read their Bibles. They don't have to pray. People think that it's it's all right. You may be saved. But God wants you to get into the race. You've got to get started. It's not how you finish if you don't get in. Jesus made us accepted. When Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, he came because he had a desire in his heart. He knew, although he was religious, he was of the highest religion, that uh, religious uh that a person could be. He was religious. He prayed. He gave money. He gave alms. He knew the scriptures. But he came to Jesus. Why? Because there was something missing. And there's something missing in this old world today. And you Have the answer to what's missing in people's lives. People need the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he said, Good Master, we know that thou art a teacher, come from God. For no man can do these miracles, that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can these things be? How can a man that's old be born again? And Jesus says, Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he'll never see heaven. That which is flesh is flesh. You've got to have a fleshly birth. That which is spirit is spirit. You've got to have a spiritual birth. Right now, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is your Savior? There are many make-believers in the world. In the book of 1 John, and I'm going to stop here in just a moment. I know people say that all the time. They just keep going. But I'll, I'll try to keep my word to it. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 19. The Bible says they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest. They were not at all of us. A lot of folks think they're going to heaven, but they've never gotten the race. They've never started. Right now, the most important thing in your life is to serve God. This is the 60th anniversary. Have you made a difference in anybody's life? How about your neighbor? Do things for people that you don't expect. They wouldn't expect you to do them. Do anything good for them. People are watching you. People want you to be a witness. Who is it that gives tracks? Those that have them. If you don't have a track rack, pastor's got right track tracks. He'll give to you. Give them out. You say. Well, if we did that in this little town, uh, they would be getting, the same people would get until they were sick and tired of them. Good. Let them get sick and tired of it. You know? Keep giving it. Why? Because you have in your hands the possibility of changing the life of somebody We have a group of men that go out on Thursday mornings. We just go out, and we just go from door to door. Just put hangers on doors all the way throughout our city. And we go back over ever so often, we'll start back over again. Sometimes we'll give, we'll, the most we've ever gave out at one time, I think was over 1,000 tracks. Usually we give out about 500, 400. But you know what? Practically every Sunday, we have somebody come to church that says, How did you hear about our church? A track left on our door. Don't even talk to people unless they come out. We have a barber that came, a young fellow. And he's a barber. Uh, I mean, anyway, I had him cut my hair. It took him an hour and 20 minutes. So you know what kind of a barber he is. But when I went to him and asked him, he said, well, how did you hear about our church? He said, well, my wife and I, we were having some problems. And I decided, you know, we need to get into church. And I went home. And there on my door was a track and invited me to your church. And he came and he got saved. His wife got saved. Never baptized. One of the men that goes out with us every, Sunday, every Thursday morning, how did he come to come to church? He went home one day and there was a track on his door. Folks, you don't need to talk to people necessarily. Just get the gospel out. The greatest thing you can do is to have an influence in somebody's life. God's amazing grace should make us rejoice. We should be joyful, joyful. We adore thee. Why? Because we're on our way to heaven. Because Jesus Christ paid it all. All to him we owe. Jesus Christ made the difference. And there's somebody out there waiting for you to get them to come to church. I don't know how, how long it'll take, but you need to do that. Let's bow our heads for prayer.